What's up, everybody, on this wonderful, beautiful uh, Tuesday afternoon? I know you'll be listening to it on Thursdays on the Unhinged Sports Network, but we are recording on Tuesday. It's here in Oklahoma City. It's windy, and if you haven't <clears throat> uh, picture, I believe that we are the true windy city compared to Chicago. But you are listening to the Air Attack podcast, and uh, I definitely, uh, definitely am glad that you guys are tuning in. David is back with us again on the podcast. How's it going, David? It's going great. I know one thing, David, I don't know about you, but uh, a lot of Sooner talk uh, since we last talked. Uh, two coaches retiring, a new guy got hired on, and we got Sooner spring football. Yep, things are moving right along. Moving right along indeed, and of course, uh, of course, if you guys haven't been, <clears throat> if you guys have been hiding under the rock, at least here in Oklahoma, you guys know that uh, the men's basketball uh, head coach, Long Kruger, uh, retired. We'll talk about that here shortly. Uh, the women's head coach, Sherry Cole, she retires. Since then, Oklahoma hires a new guy in, Mo- in Porter Mosier, the uh, lawyer Chicago head coach. The women, I believe, have not, uh, not hired anybody as of yet of the recording. I don't know if they even have anybody in mind. I don't know much about women's basketball, but um, I'm sure knowing Joe Castiglione, he's got uh, a good list. He's he's done, for the most part, pretty well with his coaches. So I trust that he'll make um, that decision. But first things first, um, I didn't watch much of the national championship game. I didn't watch the first half. Uh, I did, unfortunately, miss the the ending of Gonzaga UCLA in the final in the final four. I missed that because you know that was too late for me. But your thoughts, Damon, uh, if you on the game, and uh, truthfully, I wasn't really surprised that Baylor took it to him. Um, definitely, the inside game really helped uh, Baylor out. Really aggressive on the end on the defensive side of the ball. But Gonzaga against UCLA remind people UCLA was a playing game, eleventh seed. <laughs> the 16th seed type of field and go for it. Obviously, uh, talent-wise, and not a 16th seed. But, you know, UCLA, <clears throat> I thought, was a better team and really should have won. Your thoughts, uh, last night's game and just the tournament in general? Well, I think that the tournament was one of the best ones we've had in recent, in recent memory um, because of not only Gonzaga almost running the table, but because of the fact that a lot of these kids um, didn't get to play last year because the tournament got canceled. And as much as the NCAA gets flack for doing things, I mean, we've all seen the pictures of the discrepancies between the men's and the women's workout facilities. Uh, I think the NCAA deserves credit uh, for pulling it off in the way they did um, because there was only one game that got, got canned and that was the first round between, I think it was VCU and uh, so, I can't remember who VCU was supposed to be playing that one week. They got canceled but because they had COVID. But one game out of 68 total that got canceled, that's pretty good. No, I, excuse me. I agree with you. I think the NCAA did a phenomenal job of, if you want to consider the bubble feel, at least in, at least in Indiana. Of course, the women's, you know, if, You've really been sleeping on the rock. There was an incident uh, prior to the start of the women's NCAA tournament that I'm not for sure what team was it. Do you know, David, what team that was that she played for and talked about uh, the poor, I guess, atmosphere, what they were dealing with in regards to working out? I don't recall who it was, but all I remember is just my phone started blowing up because um, this girl took a picture of the um, weight room and it was basically like this you basically take all this stuff out of a rundown gym you know on the back alley somewhere and stick it in a hotel and that's what you got for the work workout facilities and then the women and then they should she, she had a picture of a men's and it just had just your top-notch gym weight racks trainers everything and it really really got a firestorm going yeah, it did, because, you know, I, and I was kind of like you, my phone was, you know, notification of bleacher report coming through, and 
I think uh, someone might have, Dan might have texted me, I can't remember who, but someone texted me, might have been Hong, but someone texted me, like, check out this video, your thoughts, you know, I don't really follow women's basketball, uh, if I do, it's going to be strictly OU, and then I definitely don't go into WNBA, no disrespect to them, but it's just not my cup of tea, but, you know, it's funny because, you know, literally, you know, <clears throat> it was blowing up like nothing, and then literally, excuse me, then literally, um, Obviously, that issue was resolved, thankfully, and and glad that they were able to. But no, I don't remember exactly um, exactly who it was. But uh, nonetheless, um, I think the tournament was. I think you're right. I think it was one of the best. I know I bracket along with the rest of this, this country. Uh, <laughs> this bracket was as busted as you busted you can get after the first day, but. Um, no, it was definitely one of the best. I think it just shows talent-wise that, you know, maybe I could team like an or you can, you know, you can say, well, that's just one weekend. Can they do it 10 times? Out? And, we, you know, we don't know. They may play 10 games and go 0-10. You know, that's not a near nor there. But that one given day, that all that mattered, and ORU took it, uh, took it to uh, – took it to them. And, yep. Yep. I mean – Hey, it was one of the best tournaments, regardless if if your team won the national championship with Baylor or or us Sooner fans were ousted to the team that uh, lost in the championship game, which, you know, my, no offense. I think a buddy of mine was a little upset. I personally wasn't. I was more kind of curious where OU was at just with Gonzaga. I knew it would be tough to tough to beat them. So, um, yeah, but um, so. Of course, moving on from the, uh, from the Big 12, moving on from the NCAA tournament, uh, we look at Oklahoma bringing in uh, Porter Mosier. Don't know much about the lawyer Chicago. I'm pulling up his, his personal numbers um, the last four seasons by the numbers, uh, courtesy of Sooner Sports, but uh, won three regular season conference championships, two conference tournament championships. <laughs> Um, six NCAA tournament victories, two Sweet 16s, and a Final Four appearance, and then a total of 99 wins. I don't know much about him. I know he done a phenomenal job at the lawyer Chicago. I do remember <clears throat> back a few years back with the Final Four run. Um, I think it was a pretty deep, interesting hire. I know the guy from North Texas was being mentioned. Of course, Mills up in Oral Roberts was being mentioned. Um, a lot of people's high on this pick. A lot of people wanted this guy. Um, it's going to be interesting how this works out. Of course, he's got a lot to work with uh, down in Norman. Um, but what's your thoughts? Um, shocked by the hire? Let's kind of wait and see how this guy pans out. Of course, signed a six-year deal and don't know what I'm looking at, but, um, you know, that's not my business. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting hire. I think this could – you know, it's going to be tough in the Big 12 to win, but uh, I like it for so far. Mm -hmm. And uh, just uh, did a little digging myself on it. And of course, uh, um, he had been linked to various openings across the nation. Uh, but then the uh, Ramblers, that's the nickname for Loyola Chicago, they appeared to have a pretty good contract offer for him. And then Lon Kruger retires. And then Joe Castiglione calls him and says, hey, we've got an offer for him to make for you. And apparently it was good enough for him because he chose to go that way. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a brilliant hire. I mean, he is uh, um, he's used to being in the spotlight because, I mean, look at Gonzaga. They're a mid-major. Oh, yes. And so is Loyola Chicago. They've been one of the hottest teams in the nation this year and in, in years past. And when you're when anybody can take on these blue bloods like Kentucky – North Carolina, Duke, Kansas, and run with them, you're going to be in the spotlight. He handles the spotlight well. And I think he's going to do some good things here with Oklahoma. Oh, agree. And, you know, he's an excellent, from what I've been reading, he's an excellent uh, recruiter, which, you know, in years past, um, even with Long Kruger as head coach, that's one thing that Oklahoma kind of uh, lacked thereof, uh, didn't do too well. In regards, I mean, I know you had the Buddy Heels and the Blake Griffins, the Trey Young, but that was a one-and-done deal, which we all expected regardless of where he went to. Um, so that was one thing that a lot of people really harped on over here locally on sports radio, um, probably both stations. But, 
uh, was kind of on Long Kruger with, and this guy um, can recruit. And, of course, I don't know when the cutoff day is because uh, National Signing Day is. Could be August, I'm guessing, because I know the season starts October-ish, November-ish. But um, I, I like it. I'm kind of curious. Um, I'm, I'm curious if how this is going to turn out. I just hope, and I'm hoping maybe maybe with Porter at the helm, brings a different attitude type, brings a different atmosphere type. But I'll be honest, David, I kind of hope he kind of gets this Lloyd Noble Center filled back up again, or at least we can get in that direction of getting a new arena. I know that's on Twitter. I don't know how much you followed that. But a lot of Center fans I've been scrolling through, uh, is is hoping that he can, can change the the arena. I don't know if that's going to happen. That Lloyd Noble's been there forever, but it has. I, I need some upgrade. Can, uh, I know that. Yeah, I think he can uh, help get some things going. Maybe upgrade it. I've never been in there myself, believe it or not. I've been to the football stadium a few times, but I've never been mm-hmm. to a basketball game or anything else in the arena. So I don't know uh, what you know what it looks like on the inside. I know it's been a long time. It's been uh it's kind of one of those things that's up in uh um up in the annals with you know the Rupp field house in kentucky cameron mm-hmm. and duke and that kind of thing it's up there because it's been there so long and you know when you hear it on the radio that oh he's playing at lnc you know exactly what it is and you know what's going to be like but it's it's kind of like one of the things kind of up there with state fair arena where you know it's it's got the historical value but it's starting to crumble a little bit well, you're definitely um, definitely not missing too much. I've been there a few times. I will, will I'll take you to a game this year. It's, you'll enjoy it. There's not a bad seat in the house. I mean, it doesn't matter if you. I don't really call it the upper deck. I think they call it the upper seating or something like that. And it's nothing but as if you were in the Chesapeake Energy Arena. And I wouldn't even really say on the 200 level, but it, there's not a bad seat in the house um, at all. It's just um, definitely need some upgrades. Kind of tell you age-wise for all you listeners out there that the Lloyd Noble Center was built in the mid-70s. My dad was at, was a student at OU during that time when that thing was built, and uh, he's, he'll be 63 in November. So uh, 40-something years, I'm guessing, now at this point. But, no, I like to hire. Um, you know, Joe Castillo has done phenomenal with the athletic department just in itself. And, you know, what I like about this is – we're starting to get yes. Oh, he's going to all be always is going to be a football school. We get that. That's just how it's going to be. But I love the fact that you know the softball team's really good. I mean, really good this year. Oh yeah. The gymnastics team. You know, the wrestling team won uh, the Big Twelve. Well, I guess they co-shared, but still, you won the Big Twelve. Other sports are starting to pick up. Hopefully, this is the the direction that we can get these both men's and women's program back up in the air. Yep. And um, regarding the softball team, I mean, they're just they're they're the they're the hot knife churning through the butter. That's the NCAA softball teams because <laughs> they they're blitzing everybody. I don't know if you remember that very first game of the year uh, against UTEP. I think it was back in early February or something like that. It was twenty nine to zip. Yep, that's rec league stuff right there. Thirteen home runs, a new NCAA record. I don't think they'll ever get broken unless the Sooners do it themselves. It's just, they're just dominating it. And I can't wait to see what these girls will do. And I think it's great because it's going to bring exposure, you know, to some of the lesser known things. I mean, I was watching a bit on 60 Minutes last year uh, due to COVID, you know, a lot of these colleges are cutting programs. And it seems to be football is kind of like the protected holy grail that you don't touch the football budget. You give it more money. And if it means cutting a program to save the so the football team doesn't lose anything, then do it. And it got it's a little bit of controversy because you have to think of the student athletes that got scholarships. Now the program's being ended. Now they don't have a way to pay for college. And you kind of feel for them too. Oh, absolutely. And I know exactly what you're talking about. I believe even I read an article, something like, <clears throat> excuse me, something that was uh, um, Long Kruger, 
uh, Lincoln Riley, I think, even took us, you know, I don't remember. It wasn't much of a pay cut, but it was enough to help save these smaller programs, the, the golf team, the, uh, the track team, you know, the teams that, let's be honest, nobody probably really gives a rip about. They could probably not play and they don't care. They can probably defunct them, the team. They ain't going to care if the if the golf team loses. Oh, that's, you know, whatever. We still got football, like you said, the Holy Grail. So, uh, I know Mike uh, Mike Gundy up in OSU did the same uh, to help save those programs up there, and and it's sad. I'm and I hope that once everything picks back up to normal, seems like, well, to me anyway, seems like it's yeah. starting to get there. At least we're back to at least some normality again. But hopefully, maybe the programs will get back up. Uh, I know the MAC conference really took a hit, um, so. Um, but anyway, so no, I, I'm excited. I think the future, and you know, going back to the softball team, you know, I was scrolling through Sooner Sports to kind of get um, to get some insight, other some stats for this Long Kruger and Sherry Cole, and and you know, now they're I guess they're doing a home run plays or wanting to really renovate Dale Mitchell Park, which I've never been inside. I don't know. I've never been. I'd love to go to a Sooner game, a baseball game. I've never been in there. Um, and then the softball, they want to do a brand new, um, brand new stadium. So I'm hoping that can, that can get going. But you yeah. know, yeah. this softball team is dangerously good. They really are. And uh, I've been inside uh, Marina Marita Hines Field there on just south of the stadium. Uh, when I go to the foot, when I went to the football game a couple mm-hmm. of years ago at uh, Parker Reese Park, it's just right there at Constitution and Jenkins. And I walk past Marita Hines Field. It's nice, but it's small. And I think if they can get um, get a new stadium, that really helped the recruiting. And because they can say, hey, this is the facilities we have. And then they, the, the recruits can see that, you know, this is an established program. And I'm one of the top softball players in the country. I want to play for a good team that's got great facilities. And if it's got something that can rival, you know, a football facility, if you will. And it can encourage women that, hey, there is stuff for me. I don't have to worry about what happened at the NCAA tournament, you know, that kind of discrepancy. We can get to that that gap closed that it doesn't matter. You know, that we're going to have one of the top programs. We're going to have top facilities, no matter what sport or what gender. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, <clears throat> and I think I've heard on one of the local um, – Sports talk here in Oklahoma City, and I'm not going to say who it is because I don't want it was like, oh, that's not what they say. Well, it was, but I promise you. But, but you know, they have like four to five top hitters in the NCAA, and regardless if it's, if it's batting or if it's home runs, if it's just hits, what uh, what Patty Gasol done. And I will say this, I will own up to this. <clears throat> A few years back, I want to say back in mid 2000s, I think it was between the 03 and the 06, maybe potentially seven seasons. Uh, years and I told my dad and, and my dad and I will still talk about it and <clears throat> and um he'll still ask me well it's funny how you said that and now look at you yeah well anyway so you know I said back in the mid-2000s oh you really needs to look at a change because this team can't get out of a regional this team can't get out of a super regional this team I think it, I even said through in town when they lost to I think it was Louisiana Lafayette down in the northern regional I don't remember who it was but I said, this team can't do nothing. Now, all of a sudden, they've won a few national championships since. They've won now uh, six or seven straight Big 12 championships. And the list goes on and on. And recruiting, what she's done is phenomenal. And all you listeners, what she's at, uh, all you listeners out there is listening. What David mentioned earlier was the season opener. It was 29 and nothing. Uh, they beat Texas El Paso. You know, I'm just scrolling through. You know, it was 21 to 2, they won. Uh, 33 to 4 against New Mexico. I'm not going to pick every game, but you know, 17 nothing Sam Houston. If you say, well, yeah, but look at the team name. Okay, Missouri, 11 nothing. So there you go, SEC Love Fest people. Um, 16 nothing with Liberty. They even smoked um, Team Mexico. I guess their national team. Uh, two of the three games. You know, I know they struggled against Iowa State. I believe the the first game, but they won. 22 to 2, won 14 to nothing, uh, 10 to 1. Now they play, I think, tomorrow. But, you know, um, 
and that's courtesy of Soonersports.com, looking at schedule. But <clears throat> you look at it, and phenomenal job, Patty Gasso. Continue what you're doing. The Big 12, I know, is loaded from what I see in the top 25. And um, I'm looking forward towards towards the future. And and I think the senior football – senior football, and then two. I think the senior athletic program, for the most part, uh, is headed in the right direction. They were, they were, I was scrolling through uh, Twitter here, and I just saw the golf team just won that event down in Florida. They're ranked number two in the country. So – it seems like all the programs are just hitting their stride and it's going to be great for, for Sooners, Sooner fans and for the university because you've gotten all of these athletes coming in, but they're also getting degrees there and they're seeing the great, uh, great institution and programs that uh, educational programs that uh, OU has to offer. Mm-hmm. And they can, you know, say, Hey, if I want, if I want to go do this at OU, I can, it's going to do great for the university itself outside the athletic department. Oh, absolutely. And, um, but uh, no, the Sooner sports, just in general, I know, you know, the football course, as far, unless, as far as we can say, we shouldn't be struggling anytime soon. I think they just are now getting started. I think this could be a dynasty type of a atmosphere. I think the basketball program, give it a year or two, I think they'll be perfectly fine. Um, I just don't know. Have I haven't heard anybody, or even even on the radio, nobody's really said anybody. Have you either scrolled through Twitter or any other side of potentially who Sherry Cole's replacement might be? I haven't seen anything about it right now, and uh, but I think they're going to be hitting their stride soon in uh, naming their next hire. And uh, um, then again, I haven't. Uh, seen or heard anything about it but i'll keep a good eye on it. and if i see something i'll send it to you and then you can check it out yeah i just haven't uh, again like i said i don't i don't follow college women's basketball that closely unless it's ou and that's really about it so i couldn't tell you who the hot commodity is um i i don't even know anybody <laughs> that was even remote i could pick like um I just, I just don't know anybody, but, you know, continue to success. Uh, you know, we look back at Lon Kruger at Oklahoma, you know, April 1, 2011. He was named 14th uh, head coach at Oklahoma in OU history. Um, he took over program in the last two years prior to his arrival. That was 27-36 under Jeff Capel. Uh, Kruger guided Oklahoma to seven NCAA tournaments, only missing the big game once his second season. Um course we're not counting um, the 2020 season due to COVID. Uh, he advanced to two Sweet 16s, 2016 Final Four appearance, and uh, his 195 victories are the fourth most by any by an OU head coach. Of course, uh, while under there, the Sooners played, uh, players earned first-team All-Big 12 selections on six occasions, racked up 32 academic All-Big 12 honors. And uh, the notable uh, 2016 National Player of the Year, Buddy Heald, 2018 National Freshman of the Year, Trey Young. Four Sooners were drafted in the NBA during Kruger's tenure, two of them in the top six, which was Trey Young and Buddy Heald. Um, of course, looking back, um, and that was courtesy of the Sooners Sports. You know, Curtis, um, going back, you know, it's looking back at Kruger, phenomenal. You know, what's funny is when Kruger went at his uh, – press conference, his retirement press conference, and he laughed about it. You know, he mentioned how many times he's turned down Joe Castiglione, which I thought was very, very interesting. Yeah, yeah. it was. I think he said, I think he turned him down twice. And I think the third time he finally, he finally accepted it. I don't know if it was a money issue, which I don't think that was the case. Yeah. He had what well, he had UNLV was phenomenal. Yeah, it really was. But then again, I just I was just doing some reading up on Porter Moser, and uh, there's an SI article about how they checked all the boxes that he had, mm-hmm. and uh, so there must be showed maybe Joe Castiglione's got that ability to sweet talk, you know, his way into something because, you know, he, Porter Moser says, yeah, I've turned down all these jobs for something. He got offered to go to St. John's. Uh, a good mid-major program themselves and then it's like I want to stay here in Chicago and then Joe calls and says hey 
you want to come to Norman? What do you got for me? And then he just nails everything. He's like, you know what? I'm packing my bags and here I come. So maybe Joe C's got that magic touch. Well, you know, I heard uh, that, you know, Joe Castiglione admitted on the, I guess he told one of the lo people here locally that he, what he does is keeps a very short list of replacements, if you will. And so he obviously knew in advance Kruger's were going to retire. I still, I'm going to stick to my own personal opinion about Sherry Cole. Yes, it was definitely time for her to, to I shouldn't say retire, probably go into another chapter of her life. I definitely would say that. I don't know about retirement, but again, yeah. her personal life. But, you know, I know, he, you know, Kruger definitely we were looking at talking wise, but, you know, uh, Joe Castiglione, the athletic director, he, he, he said in this interview that he actually keeps a, I'm sure he doesn't do it with all programs. Maybe he does, I don't know. But okay, Lincoln Riley, you're you're being short watched. But, but yeah. anyway, so he actually legit keeps a short list in his pocket of people that he's keeping in his eye on, which I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah, and then again, you know, I'm thinking what it, what it is, of course, you know, is to help make things transition. Um, I think the coaches will walk up, will, will you know, contact Joe C and say, hey. I haven't decided it yet, but I need some time. I may be thinking about going somewhere else or retiring or, you know, moving on to the next chapter of my life. And so he gets that shortlist ready. So when the announcement is made, he's already on the, on the horn, uh, ready to go. Oh, absolutely. And um, going back to, to coach, uh, to coach Moser is, you know, he turned down a 10 year deal with a lawyer Chicago. Don't know the money amount. Now, obviously, I'm sure when people, you know, not to not to make fun of the lawyer Chicago, but or making differences. But let's be honest, I'm sure there's a difference in pay in regards to what the lawyer of Chicago can do compared to what the University of Oklahoma can do. Right. But maybe it's just a challenge knowing that I'm going to leave this conference over to the big to the Big 12, which is going to be tough to tough to win because you know Baylor now. Comes in the next season as defending national champions. Kansas is going to be good, even though Bill Self signed a lifetime contract. Which yeah, that that was I was about to ask you about that because I think that's pretty nutty. I've never seen that in anything. In I have any, any any kind of thing like that. You know, I don't know what even started that. I don't know if there's a lot of chit chatter up in Lawrence of of. Um, Bill Self being mentioned, maybe for the North Carolina job. I, you know, I don't even know what even started that. that. That's actually probably what got started. I was listening to one of the local sports stations here, and they're saying that's probably what it is because, um, if I'm not mistaken, it's been some time, but I think Bill Self was at North Carolina before Roy Williams was. You know, something. I, I, I can't remember exactly how that transpired, but I know that um, – that Bill Self had been rumored to go to North Carolina. And then there's, of course, the whole thing with the uh, sanctions that are coming in, which is another part of his contract, actually. I don't know if you noticed that or not. But um, if the NCAA comes down on Kansas, he can't be fired. Mm. Yeah. Well, and that's what I thought was interesting because I'm not, you know, not going to sit here and say, well, Bill Self needs to go to Oklahoma. No, I'm not saying that. But I just think if Bill Self would have left, that would have given me a red flag. Something's about to go down. Oh, yeah. I mean, you look at what Les Miles did at LSU. <laughs> you know, he bolted and then, bam, all these things started coming in. And, and then it turns out that there was much more of the story than Kansas gave him the axe before he could really do anything. And... You know, it's like, you know, do some research, people. I mean, it's not, it, it doesn't take much to dig up anything these days. You know, don't just think that a coach is suddenly available. But, hey, you know, it's, hey, it's just, it's like that winning lottery ticket. Then you look closely and you got all but one number. It's useless. You know, it's like matching four out of five numbers. You don't win anything. And well, then you no. just... I know one thing. It's this is uh, <laughs> it's crazy what's what's been going on. I kind of feel bad for Kansas' football program. It, it seems like you know I wasn't expecting much out of Les Miles. I thought maybe at least in better condition, but they weren't even doing that route. Um, I don't know. I guess it's just 
I guess they're just stuck with the uh, the bad end of the stick, and um, yeah. they're just going to have to do it. But now going back to that, no, I don't know what even – I never heard of a lifetime contract. Um, I got the notification that says, Bill Self signs a lifetime contract, which I didn't even know that even existed. Unless that was one yeah. of those things that we're just going to quit on my terms type of thing, or I, I don't well, know. Yeah, but, well, I don't know if you read into the contract, did you? No, I didn't read much into it at all. Okay, so here's how this whole lifetime thing works. At, at the end of every year, there's an extension that automatically gets added to it. So basically, it's a never-ending five-year term. So basically, so this next year, instead of having four years, it expires in, uh, let's see, 2021, 2022. So 27 it'll expire in 28 and it automatically renews. It's basically like hard insurance, you know, unless you cancel it or they cancel it, right. it just keeps renewing at the end of its term. Gotcha. Well, that makes sense. Cause I was kind of wondering what even, like I said, I've never heard of that term. Yeah. And, and, and lifetime's one of those uh, um, loosely used terms. It's not really lifetime. I mean, but it basically guarantees that unless him and the, University agreed to part ways mutually. He's not going anywhere. No, that's uh, well. I don't see unless, like you said, unless he, uh, unless he gets hammered by the NCAA, and that's still, that's still up in the air. Um, right. I mean, there, there, there's going to be sanctions. I know that, but it's just how okay. severe, and if it's severe enough for him to say, you know what, I'm out. But like I told you, there is protection for him. The university can't fire him because of the sanctions. It's in it's written in the contract. It's gonna be interesting nonetheless. Um, going, you know, kind of reflecting on Sherry Cole real quick. Uh, she's retiring 25 years with Oklahoma, more than 500 wins, um, 513 to be exact, winning percentage of 63.636. Overall record, of course, uh, 253, 167 in Big 12 play, nearly a little over 60 percent that she won three final fours nine nine sweet 16s 10 conference championships and a trip to the national championship game in 2002 but losing to the yukon huskies which seems not to be a surprise because the yukon huskies uh, in women's basketball is pretty dominant but nonetheless um all told her teams registered 31 ncaa tournament wins good for 15th most in D1 women's basketball and her three final four appearances are tied for eighth most in history. You know, again, I don't follow much, but I do remember one thing. Uh, she took over a program that uh, yeah, was a laughing stock that they weren't filling up the LNC. I don't know if they were even getting people in the seats. I know my dad, what he can remember is the fact that um, they were close, close, close to disbanding and eliminating the program in itself. So, um, what she did at Oklahoma was phenomenal. Not going to take anything away from her. I know that her teams probably the last three to four years probably haven't been the greatest. And I think I, my personal opinion, and I could be wrong, I think there's a little pressure if, uh, from the uppers to say, hey, maybe we can let's let's uh, let's go easy on this and uh, not bring up the F word in regards to being fired. But um Real quick, you know, I'm not much in women's basketball, but uh, your thoughts on what Sherry Cole did for Oklahoma? Well, she's turned the program around. I mean, it was, I mean, it was basically, you know, yeah, the girls, are, the ladies are playing, and, you know, you, pro you could probably walk up and buy a seat courtside oh, yeah. for, at the LNC before she was hired, but you remember uh, Courtney Paris from back in the early 2000s? Mm -hmm. You know, she brought players like her in, and she kind of rebuilt it. And then um, – and it's kind of coming up and gone. I think one year um, they uh, they made a run towards, towards the Final Four one particular year. And then when you're playing against an elite squad like UConn or Stanford or Arizona, and you can take those guys on, you know – it, it it's it's quite the accomplishment. Oh, absolutely! And what Sherry Cole done is nothing but phenomenal. And I wish her all the best, regardless of where of where she's you know she ends up being at. But I do think it's it's a good time for both men's programs to 
to kind of look at uh, both programs to kind of look at their uh, their future. And I think uh, you know I don't know who's the women's programs gonna go after, but again, I know Joe C is gonna he's gonna find the right one for that program and. You never know. Maybe it's going to be someone yeah. that we expect. Yeah. Yeah. She got hired in 1996, which is hard to believe that's 25 years ago. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm like you, man. I'm starting to feel old. But, oh, uh, but, but she apparently hired a team that was in turmoil and went four years, four years in basketball, had that team back at the NCAA tournament. And um, in 2002, in fact, we just, uh, scrolling through some of her stats, she actually went to the national championship game where she lost to Gino and UConn. Yep. So she's got quite the legacy at OU, and um, she's going to be missed. But I think Joe C, if he can get Porter Moser, he can get a darn good women's basketball coach and continue to build upon what Sherry left. And you never know. Maybe, maybe we can get the person from Arizona. Maybe we can get to stand. I, mean, I know that's high hopes, and that's probably not going to happen. But um, you never, you never know. Maybe they get bored winning. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. You know, it's just one of those things. You never know what's going to come. I don't either. But switching gears, uh, we're in some Q and A. We got some questions in, but of course, before then, we are the Q and A is sponsored by Storm Check. Storm season is coming. Is your storm shelter ready? Is your storm shelter clean? Do you have water or even supplies? Are your DPS coordinates up to date and verified in case you are in the shelter with no power? We can help. Their team is ready. Check them out on Storm Team or check Storm Check out. Check them out, stormcheck.team and uh, follow them on Twitter at stormcheckteam. And uh, speaking of stormcheckteam, the, uh, the owner, the host, of the, undis- uh, the undisputed, the uh, God, the the uh, the defining moments, Paul, the undefeated hashtag pro on Twitter, Hong Lam, uh, he's going to send these both to us. So here we go. Um, so of course I tweeted out earlier, uh, hey, we're going to do a show uh, tonight, tomorrow doesn't matter. Send some questions. His is uh, yes. So he wants our input. Why can coaches pour pull their mask down? To yell and coach, then put it back on fan, but on, but fans are limited to attend. That's question one A, one B, and one C. What good is the plexiglass for the commentators when the broadcast then stand up and talk over the plexiglass? End of question. Can you explain the science? Another end of question. So going back to question one A, uh, why can coaches pull their masks down to yell and coach? Then put it back on, but fans are limited to attend. You know, that's a pretty good question. I don't understand that either. Um, what I don't get, and I kind of saw this in between. I, I see it a lot in the NBA. Um, I saw it last night, which I thought was interesting. I believe is right before the game tipped off. Uh, Gonzaga's head coach and Scott Drew with Baylor did not have their complete covering, if you will, the nose, mouth, whatever, et cetera. When they were shaking hands, that's neither near nor there. That's their choosing, not mine. Um, but uh, my personal opinion, uh, why do I think uh, coaches, Why? what do I think when they do that? <sighs> you know, um, that's a good question. I think, I don't want See, the bad thing, and, I'm not, and this is a way you can make this not political. And in regards to what can they, me personally, <laughs> me personally, I don't get why there's masks. To answer this question, my personal opinion, Hong, is I don't know why they're wearing masks to begin with. Because you're tested COVID, before, you know, the entire week, day of, prior to tip-off. I'm sure they're tested afterwards, I assume. Um if there's probably fans or lack thereof, some fans, fans like LNC, they're so far back that that's not going to interrupt what I would consider a a um, COVID COVID airways, if you will. Um, 
I don't know why they wear the mask because again, if you're being tested, the other team's being tested. There's in some arenas, there's no fans. I, I don't get why there's a mask. Maybe to get to limited. I don't really know. Not to get political because you know that just stirs the whole world up. Uh, so my question, uh, my answer to Hong, on my end is um, pretty much just controlling is control people, tell them what they can and can't do. Um, but my personal opinion is there shouldn't be any coach wearing a mask, any player wearing a mask if they're being legit tested uh, throughout the week, day of, prior to tip off and after the game, and vice versa with the opponent. That's my take on that first question. What about you, David? Well, uh, Hong, that's a good question because that's one that I've been wondering myself. Um, but my answer is actually a little bit more logically based. Um, I think it has to do with, you know, if the fans really, you're just going to yell, you know, you're going to cheer, you're going to boo, you're going to yell something, you know, that doesn't, that really doesn't need to be hurt versus the coach. Um, needs to be uh, heard because if he yells something and the ball kit handler decides he's heard something else and calls the wrong play and just bleeps everything up and then you've got a giant turd about to hit a big fan, then <laughs> you've got problems on the court and then the whole game is going to be this cluster muck of epic proportions because the coach couldn't be hurt through his mask because I've, I've been next to somebody and I've had to have them repeat themselves three times because I can't hear through the muffled mask. Um, I think that's what it is. They need to be heard clearly so they're able to take it off, yell what they need it up, and then they have to put it back on. They just can't have it just hanging on like a, like a beard or something like that. They have to put it back on. But they can take it off so they can make sure their players hear um, the right play call. And if the referee, you know, goes off and, you know, swallows his whistle or bleep it lets it blow when he shouldn't just let it play out then they need to be hurt that's just my opinion exactly and there's i don't know if there's even a wrong wrong answer uh i don't know if there's even a right answer i i, I don't know uh what good is the plexiglass for the commentators when they broadcast then stand up and talk over the plexiglass um I know I saw it game with the last night's game might have been. Uh, I don't remember what game it was. It might have been OU Gonzaga. I don't remember, but um, that's another good question. I, I don't know, <laughs> except for apparently they measured their height wrong in the plexiglass. Uh, I think personally they're actually meant to sit down. And I, I think they realized that. Um, I mean, I don't know. I think they're actually meant to sit down. That will actually block the commentators from any potential um, passing COVID transmission. And I think they realize that uh, you got to stand up. Uh, potentially, I don't really hope. <laughs> Can I explain the science to this? I don't think there's any science to it. I think we're, it's all being tested out by CDC, by the scientists, by anybody that makes this stuff. And it's going through emotions. Uh, my personal opinion, I think they're legit supposed to be sitting down and not standing up. Yeah, and I think it's what it is. And then um, I think when they, it may be uh, because the um, place of glass is also um, there, it's when they're sitting down, like you said, but when they stand up, they're going to be over it and they can't make it too tall. Otherwise it becomes top heavy and it's very awkward to put in. Um, so um, the point of it is just, it's kind of like an added barrier. I think it's a little bit ridiculous, but um, I'm not, like it's like you said, I'm not going to start anything political because oh, you, just, Lord, no. you, you, you even open that. It, it's kind of like Pandora's box. You peel it open just a little bit and everything's going to come, come in and out. Um, but I am going to say this. I think it's all these things are just because the CDC says so and is recommending it. And NCAA um, is saying, okay, we're going to do these things. And uh, they've kind of got this backdoor agreement. I hate that term, but 
it's, you know, they got this agreement with the CDC if they can do this as long as these protocols are being followed, because otherwise the government may just step in and say, hey, you're not allowed to play because you're not following our guidelines. So maybe that's the whole point of this thing. <laughs> Again, everybody, my answer is I'm trying to beat around because I'm not in the mood for no political warfare here. Uh, second question, still from Hong. Uh, so at the time he sent this tweet out, he was currently watching a live match. Portland is playing in Honduras. Uh, no supporters. Uh, Portland made some good plays, and they pump in crowd noise for them, but they are way far away But for them, but they are the way the away team, I'm guessing, are the way far away team. Fake crowd noise confusion. Can you explain? <laughs> okay, Portland made some good play. I want to make sure I give you the right answer. Portland made some good plays and they pump in crowd noise for them. But they are the way far away. Okay. They are okay. So long story short, they're the way team. Fake crowd noise confusion. Can you explain? I don't really get the crowd, the crowd, the fake crowd noise. Um, it's not the same at all. It's I've, I heard watch the season opener. Who was it of college football? And they try to pump in Fox. Try to pump in the the fake noise. It just sounds the whole thing sounds off. It doesn't sound good at all. Um, and um, that's all I got. Me personally, uh, can I explain? Really, I don't know why there's fake crowd noise anyway. I mean, obviously common sense should tell people that there's nobody there. We don't really expect noise, obviously. There's nothing there. If you kind of want to make my thing is, does the players even hear it? I don't know if the players even hear it. Yeah. yeah. Because I, I know I, I was watching the NFL for the first few games last year and it was just, I mean, it just felt weird. I mean, because um you know, you you know, you're used to the the thing is though it wasn't enough. You know, they tried to make it somewhat, but it, it just it wasn't enough. I mean, you go around and you see this empty stadium, and then you hear this crowd noise being pumped in. And I think the players tuned out because I know in years past, you know, um, one of the, one of the toughest stadiums to play in in the NFL is CenturyLink Field in Seattle. Mm. I think that's still what's called. I mean, I hate naming rights because you get used to calling it something and then they change names on it. And then you're like, well, okay, it's the stadium in Seattle. But um, like in Denver, you know, it's, it's something, something at mile high. I just call it mile high stadium yes, because it's power field. I still wish mile high stadium was still there. Yeah, that empower field at mile high, I believe is what it is now. But it, it yeah, was, I just call best, it mile high. Yeah, it went, know, New mile high, you know, is what it is. But anyway, Yep. And if you were going to Seattle, you knew you were up against the uh, up against the wall because that crowd can get loud, and I mean loud. I mean, I think it was in twenty thirteen uh, when uh, Marshawn Lynch had that beast mode run. Yeah. They call it beastquake because the crowd noise actually triggered a seismograph just outside the stadium, and. Uh, so they would pump in crowd noise and other loud noise to get players ready for the environment. So when the players hear, they just tune it right out. So I don't think it even affected them. And I'm with you. I, it just felt weird because you hear this crowd noise and you look up and there's nobody in the stands. Just these cardboard cuts. You're like, and where are we? Yeah, I, I don't get it. I text, you know, our office staff did a tournament um, challenge type of thing. And of course, I said that last night. I was kind of making fun of the whole thing. And told both, well, technically both my bosses, but told RRD was, I told us, I'm going to make a, a cutout and put it right in the stadium for you. But no, I don't get the cutouts either. I mean, we get there's nobody there. I mean, I, I understand no fans allowments, regardless if I had a ticket or didn't have a ticket, that obviously there's nothing. Um, um, obviously she, um, I get the whole thing. It's like the Oklahoma City Dodgers. Our AAA affiliate, the LA Dodgers, the World Series champion Dodgers, here in Oklahoma City, they just announced today 30% capacity. I get it's 30%. Don't put no, I don't want to see, you know, little Johnny's cut out on the, I get it. It's 30%. I get it. Uh, quickly, last question, then we can go on to um, get on. In basketball, I rarely see an air ball in the pros. 
in the I think he's messing around at this point. In basketball, I rarely see an air ball in the pros, and their rim size is 18 inches in diameter. In soccer, the goal is 24 feet by 8 feet. I know that. And I see shots that aren't even on target in the pros. What gives? David, I'll let you handle this one first. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a good question. And it, you have to think about um, the, uh, the science behind it. Um, because when you're shooting at a basketball, uh, shooting basketball at a hoop, the rim is 18 inches in diameter, regulation size. Um, and, what, and I can't remember what the uh, diameter is of the basketball. Things are slightly less, so it allows it to go in, so it doesn't just kind of get stuck. You know, it'd be funny, you know, if you have a non-regulation ball, and then all of a sudden the first shot in the ball just kind of rattles in because it's too big to go into the hoop. But uh, it might be something the Harlem Globetrotters might do. I don't know. But um, that was a joke, by the way. Um, right <laughs> yeah so but then you're on a soccer field you're, you're level and you've got this goal in front of you but you have to factor in the wind um you have to factor in where you kick the ball uh, at what point it is because if you kick it too low it's going to go up in the air if you kick it too low it's going to just dive into the ground if you kick it to the left, it's going to go, it's going to hook, you know? So, it, you know, people say, well, it looks so easy. And then you go try it. And then you're going to realize it's not easy to kick a soccer ball because um, I can't remember what the, uh, um, how, what the rules regulate as far as how far the goalkeeper is allowed to come out. But um, you have to sit, you have to sit there and line up your shot. But if you take too much time, the defender's going to come get the ball away from you. So you've got, like maybe 1.5, 2.5 seconds to kick the ball towards the goal. If you don't kick it perfectly, it's going to go all over the place. I agree. Um, Hong, um, uh, basketball, really seen air ball, and of course 18 inches in soccer, that goal is 24 by 8. I see shots that aren't even on target in pro football games. <sighs> They're just good at what they do. <laughs> I really don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it sounds good. Sounds uh, like a good answer. At this free throw line, I think that uh, my my chances of watching someone make a basket or at least hit the rim is is pretty high. Uh, but your Q and A, our Q and A session again, brought to you by Storm Check. Storm season is coming. Is your shelter ready? Let their team of great great experts. Help you ask stormcheck.team here in the Oklahoma City metro area. The final 10 minutes. We got it. So let's get them going. Uh, David, are you excited about opening or where are you excited? We got baseball. Are you excited baseball is back? Oh, yeah. I'm definitely excited. And, uh, of course, last year opening day and all its grand festivities got axed because of COVID. And uh, um, I'm just really looking forward to it. And what has really surprised me this year is – the fact that um, the um, Boston Red Sox are zero <laughs> and three, and we're, we're at least at the end of the week after the first series, and um, I'm just rolling through some of these standings here. They won a game, but they're they're down to Tampa Bay in the top of the sixth inning. So, um, given that they traded their one superstar. Uh, to the Dodgers mm -hmm. just kind of really just put them in the, in the cellar for a while. And it doesn't bother me because I'm a Yankees fan. They can just stay in the cellar for the, until the end yeah. of time. Well, exactly. That's just me. Well, that's just me. Well, exactly. but, um, Sunday they're like, that's the worst but, start for the homestands in 1948. That's perfectly fine. Because Garrett yeah. Cole, as we speak right now, has 13K. So, <laughs> yeah. Right. And what's really, what really I'm really excited about, of course, you know, last year because of COVID, you know, you really couldn't mess with the Astros. And now with everything back, you know, now they're, now they're getting their fans in the stands. They can get booed. They can get plunked. All that good stuff that, you know, they should have gotten last year. And uh, it's going to be fun to watch the Astros go through it and uh, get their just desserts for what they uh, pulled off a few years ago. No, I'm definitely excited for baseball. I'm glad baseball's back. Um, hopefully, hopefully. 
Um, that uh, hopefully, okay. Uh, Jay Bruce over. Uh, hopefully, um, the Yankees will get the 28th. But no, I'm excited. Baseball's back. I know. You know, it's for now. It's unless you're the Texas Rangers, and they packed out their ballpark on opening night, which I thought was hilarious. But nonetheless, um, it's back. I know that the Yankees made a move today, but I was hoping to go see the Yankees and the Rangers. However, down in Arlington this year, but that won't happen because I'll be out in Arizona. But um, I'm hoping to get out to New York. I'd love to go see Yankee Stadium. Have you ever been to Yankee Stadium? No, I haven't. That's one. That's one definitely on my bucket list. And uh, my church is actually taking a mission trip to the Bronx this year, of all places. And uh, I'm kind of like, well, do I tell the guy I want to go on the mission trip just to go see Yankee Stadium, or do I want to go on the mission trip for the folks of the mission trip? You know, just tag along and stow away, and then sneak off and go see Yankee Stadium while they're out doing what they're doing. <laughs> well, if you if they if they happen to be a homestand that week. And uh, during your mission trip, and you can sneak in, man, I, I wouldn't blame you because, trust me, that's on my bucket list. I get that it's not the original Yankee Stadium, and it's a it's a shame that the Yankee Stadium got demolished, which it just won't be the same. But uh, Yankee Stadium is Yankee Stadium. I don't care at that point. But. Yeah, and, and the cool thing is, is it's it's basically an exact replica. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's I'm just sure. yeah. made with modern, you know, modern engineering and modern upgrades so it's still got that original yankee stadium feel oh absolutely and um i mean you, you look at you look at some of these new stadiums and they're just completely different you know and um i forget remember what stadium it was but they used to have windstorms that would come in off of the field and it would just i mean it would turn foul balls into home runs and sure home runs that would just stop them and drop straight down but then they built a new stadium and now that the wind doesn't is a factor anymore but with yankee stadium it's still got that yankee stadium feel even though it's only i think maybe 15 years old now something like that yeah i think it's built uh, opened in 09 so yeah about oh, about two or four, roughly 15 yeah not bad nope but to finish out the show, um, Thunder, I know it's a quick answer. I'm going to start it. I'll ask it. Um, Thunder, do you think we'll get the number one pick, or do you think we're doing a pretty good job now tanking? Because the last few losses is <laughs> showing that yeah. we're now definitely tank mode. I, I, I'm, I'm going to make a bold prediction here. I'm going to say the Thunder are not going to win a, rest, a game for the rest of the season. See, I could see that. I could see that. Yeah, I don't think they're going to win. They're not playing like they want to win. They just want to get the most lottery balls. But as history has proven, just because you have the most odds, the best odds, I mean, you get it. Um, but I think they're going to get enough thing where they're probably going to get a top five pick, which is going to do me just fine because there are some fine prospects coming out. We all know Cade Cunningham is probably going to go number one. Um, um, uh, uh, Suggs, I think for Gonzaga, he's a one and done, so he's going to go to the oh, NBA. Yeah. He's probably going to be, if Cade doesn't go number one, Suggs will, whichever one doesn't go number one, the other one's going to go number two. But um, I'm about to start this next week, I'm going to start digging into some some of the prospects. And I think the Thunder, Sam Presley can get a good top prospect in the top five pick of the draft, put that as his, as his, as his uh, superstar and build the team around it. Two or three years from now, we could be back in the contention to be one of the top teams in the West. So I'm going to give them a couple of years. And then if if we're still like outside looking in, okay, Sam, time for you to go. But I'm going to let him rebuild and see what he can do. Yeah, I'm not expecting much. Uh, I really didn't expect much this year out of him. But, uh, no, I think that's a good bold prediction. I hate to say this, but I'm pretty probably right alongside you. I think they are now officially in tank mode. Um, it's neat. It's obviously proven 30, 40, 50 point losses every night. It's, it's obviously in that prediction. So, um, but yeah, like, uh, like you said, I think just because you're getting the most lottery balls in, in the drawing for potentially number one pick as the New York fans are, you New York Knicks fans, I'm, you know, what I'm talking about you guys in particular should know by now that, uh, just because you have more lottery picks, uh, potential balls in, in the pick uh, doesn't mean you get the number one pick. So we'll see. Hopefully, Kate Cunningham and his little talented self 
will be in Oklahoma City. But that's all the time we got for you guys. David, as always, it's a pleasure. Oh, yeah. I want to say this in conclusion. Here's something I heard yesterday after the game, and it made me laugh. It's, you know, Gonzaga is a Catholic school, and then Baylor, of course, is Baptists. So someone said that you really were expecting Catholics to beat Baptists in a game involving dunking. <laughs> and we're going to end on that note because if I carry on, we're going to get three more hours worth. Uh, you guys can always listen in on the Unhinged Sports Network uh, every Thursday night, 6 p.m. Eastern. Not just listen to me, but listen to the J Dash show, listen to the high. <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> now, God. Now I'm just thinking about. Think about that. The J Dash, the J Dash show, uh, the far end of the bench, high low, and uh, many, many more. The Gridiron Gallery, just to name a few more. Listen to them on the Unhinged Sports Network, unhingedsn.com. Feel free to check all of the wonderful podcasts and even get some merch while you're there. David, <laughs> it's a pleasure having you on and i will be texting you i'll get a hold of you tomorrow on some ideas i got and i'll shoot them your way all right sounds good mike have a good night take care everyone we'll see you next week